This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And we have a goal with this show, and that is to give you some really, really good information so you can make informed decisions and you don't have to worry about what somebody at work might have told you about the housing market or what some clickbait on the internet might have said. You're getting it straight from the people that are working in here in the Central Valley and knowing it. And today we have the benefit of, we have two guests in here, both of them, I'm going to say, know as much about Central Valley real estate as anybody. And that would be Brian Dominguez, who is the current president of the Fresno Association of Realtors. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to be here, Don. Yeah, glad to have you back on. And then we have Brandon Gonzalez, who is um, a past president of the Fresno Association of Realtors and past chairman of the multiple listing service and past just about everything. No. Well, thank you for having me, Don. And uh, yeah, no, look forward to contributing and thank the listeners out there today for joining us. All right. Great. Um, so first, I think we should mention something really good that the Fresno Association of Realtors is doing for the community and that it's starting with the kids. We once again are having the Homewards Essay Contest where the kids are tasked with writing a 150-word essay on what does my home mean to me? And um, I think both of you had your children involved in it last year. Is that right? No, I didn't. No, we've read them. My kids aren't quite old enough yet to participate, but I look forward to asking them the question and hearing their answers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know it's something, and Don, I know you're being humble, but Don is uh, the individual who spearheaded this, and it's something that not only we, we discussed and talked about uh, with my children, but uh, with the off, even with our offices and their children. And it was pretty neat to see the response. And I know that's where you're headed. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. How, if we just would take the time to appreciate and learn from the kids, mm. we can, because not one kid last year, not one kid mentioned price, interest rate, appreciation. They mentioned fun, family, warmth, security, um, and that's really what a home is all about. You know, if, if, if our market was such that we just went truly by supply and demand and there was no outside forces like the Federal Reserve changing interest rates and doing this and trying to slow it down, trying to hmm. speed it up, we'd have a normal balanced market probably because people always have that demand and, so, and there will always be a supply as long yeah. as we can build. I think your point is valid. And, and I think no matter what the market is or the metrics, and I know we're going to get into that later, but there's people mm -hmm. will always need a home or shelter or security and life situations come up and, and that allows people to, to buy and sell no matter what's happening in the market because homeownership and having a safe space to be with your family is important, I think, all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and a home, that's what I love is a home is something everybody needs and wants. Um, it, it's not like a timeshare where it, that's a luxury item. Yeah, 
Well, so. and, and there are, you know, some arguments out there for those Rolling Stones that, you know, they, they don't... Um, they don't understand maybe the, the concepts of owning a home, but they need to understand housing is essential, even if you're going to be there for a week, you know, even if you're going to be there for a month. And uh, and I think that's the bigger picture, right? As you're kind of alluding to with the essay contest, it's not just about home ownership. It's about the home itself. Yeah. So the 150 word question is what my home means to me. But then there's a bonus question, which is going to help us determine the winner in a tie. Hmm. And that is what I'm most proud of in, in my home. And, um, you, you know, so, and I'll give an example. It, um, if somebody hasn't mowed their lawn in six months, hmm. chances are the kid's not real proud of the yard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it might be his job too. Who knows? <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, that brings a memory back for me when I was a kid. Yeah. 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 That was my job in, uh, my mom would say, hey, you lazy bum, get out there and mow the lawn. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. And here's how you enter. You can go to fresnorealtors.com forward slash homewards. That's W-O-R-D-S, words, homewards. And uh, it'll pop up and you can either use the uh, QR code or you can click on it and it'll take you right to the page where you fill it out. Uh, because they are kids, they, it, there's a spot on there for parental consent. Hmm. Perfect. Yeah. It, and by the way, this is there's no limits on this. It's not like it has to be inside the city limits of this city or that. Uh, or it, it could be a, maybe your, um, your niece and nephew back in Delaware. They, they can get into it too. And no AI, right? Can't use AI to write the essay, can <laughs> yeah. we? Well, unless AI stands for actual intelligence. Oh, there you go. Got it. Good, good little asterisk yeah. there. Yeah. And when are the essays due? Uh, November 15th. Mm. But jump right in there. They got to get moving on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. who knows? Maybe another tiebreaker might be, okay, those kids that turned it in at the 11th hour on November 15th, get a mark against them. I'm not I'd be, I'd be in trouble happen. then because that's how I spent my whole <laughs> academic career was the night before it was due, getting it done. So, uh, yeah, look forward to, to reading those responses. It's always fun and a nice reminder as a realtor, too, to kind of yeah. take it back to the true purpose of what we do in, in yeah. helping people. And it doesn't have it's not just for homeowners, it, whether you own, rent or share a home, mm-hmm. any of those three, you're eligible. Yeah, no, so, and I remember reading them and uh, there there's you know, like you were saying, Brian, you know, they kind of bring you back to, it, it gives you that perspective again. And, uh, it's pretty, it's a great reminder that, you know, the innocence of the children and what they really do value, you know, while they're going through, you know, life being a kid is just like, you know, like you were saying earlier, you know, the, the fun of knowing mm-hmm. that, Hey, you can jump off the tree, build tree house, you know, and, and do all these things within the confines of your home. All right. I know you two are not prepared for this question. Well, we stay ready. Well, I want to ask you, take us back to what, when you were a kid, I'm just going to pick the age of nine. When you were nine years old, Mm. wherever you lived, what did that house mean to you, at home mean to you? 
I'll let you go first. Well, it's funny because, you know, you were, as you were talking about this, I, I was thinking about childhood memories in my home and what, you know, it's, it's a little challenging at 41 to, to write a 150-word essay for children, but it did prompt me thinking about, well, what did I like about my home as a kid? And at nine years old, I lived on uh, two and a half acres out in Madera Ranchos and uh, across the street from a tomato and cucumber ranch. And I got to pick commu- uh, cucumbers and tomatoes and sell them at the little fruit stand on the corner. And I had a um, quad that I got to ride and... 21 plum trees, I remember, that were planted in our backyard that I had the uh, chore of watering. And uh, I, I can remember eating a peach on a hot summer day and plum. And uh, those are good memories, drinking out of the hose, playing in the big yard, yeah. you know, playing with the dog. And it's, awesome. it kind of takes you back. So you didn't have bottled water? No, we didn't. We didn't well, have bottled water. That explains a lot, Brian. Yeah, no. Yeah. Unfiltered hose, rubber hose yeah. water. Yeah. Good old days. All right, Brandon, how about you? No, and uh, very similar, but uh, we actually were, we had moved out to uh, Minnewawa National. So it went from being, you know, near Roosevelt High School and then, then, you know, made our trek into Clovis. I just remember building our clubhouses. You know, I made a two-story clubhouse swimming, you know, until your lungs hurt, you know, because Mm -hmm. back then chlorine was probably, you know, just uh, as bad as it, you know, could be. Um, playing in the street, you know, the, the the tag with all the kids up and down the street, you know, until your parents scream for you to get in because it's time to go to bed. I mean, just those things that, you know, you, you kind of talk about or hear about, but um, to live it and to know that, you know, you'd go home and, or you go inside and, you know, parents say, time to shower up, you know, you smell like a bunch of wet puppies, <laughs> you know, but uh, similar to, to Brian, I mean, that, that uh, water hose got a lot of, you know, it, it definitely um, hydrated many of us in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. All right. And I got to say, what I remember are the trees in Mm -hmm. our yard. Now, we only lived on a quarter acre lot, but we had um, an almond tree that was great for climbing, a big, mature almond tree. Mm -hmm. We had um, uh, a grapefruit tree, orange tree, plum tree. And then out in the front yard, we had a couple other, um, uh, other trees there. So I seem to be climbing them all the time. Yeah. Getting away from my sister's. No, no, no broken arms or no, no lacerations from falling out. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Broken collarbone. Um, yeah, I've, I've had a few. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So everybody should think about that. Yeah. Go back to when you were nine years old. So I'm talking to the listeners now, when you're nine years old, what, what did you like most about your home? And As you're thinking about that, we're going to take our first commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we've got some couple of guys that have been thinking about that question we asked for all of our listeners. We have Brandon Gonzalez, who is owner and broker at Iron Key Real Estate. We have Brian Dominguez, who is broker and owner at Premier Valley Real Estate, and also involved in leadership at our association. So, um, all right. I, I wish we could go to our listeners and ask them, okay, what'd you think? Yeah. What, that question we asked everybody to think about. Go back to when you were nine years old. What did that home mean to you what what was your home all about and um because now in this segment we're going to flip the script 
and we're going to go to stats, <laughs> which is the total, it's, I guess, the adult version of uh, thinking about buying a home. And I think what our listeners have to remember, you balance the, the good things that come out of using a home, having a home versus the numbers. Yeah. So, all right. So it's find that right balance in life. All right. So let's go to, um, Brian, it looks like you've got some stats there. Why don't you tell us what the market's like? Sure. Well, it's, you know, it's, as the president this year, I've had the opportunity to provide some market updates on a pretty consistent basis and even do some forecasting, which is really scary because that means my uh, opinions of the future are recorded and they, we can find out if I was right or not. But you know, I think the important thing just kind of to start out with about stats is the perfect time to buy a home is always right. It was 10 years ago, right? But then the second, the second best time to buy a house is always right now. So I think context is really important when you're looking at stats. I think your individual situation is important. Uh, being able to time the perfect intersection of when you should buy a home is 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 not the goal in what I'm sharing with you anyway today. So, you know, the market, it's been uh, interesting, I would say, uh, to say the least this year. We've The number of transactions is significantly down uh, in terms of number of, of homes that are selling. We've got the lock-in effect with sellers who have historically low rates on their mortgages, which is preventing them from entertaining the idea to sell, at least in some cases. Uh, but the the prices have held pretty strong, even in a very uh, you know aggressive mortgage interest rate uh, environment. So that's that's kind of challenging. Looking at Clovis in September, we had a media, um, average sold price of four hundred seventy thousand. And, and you said that was for Fresno and Clovis. That was just Clovis. Oh, just Clovis. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm yeah four hundred seventy thousand in Clovis, and then um, Fresno was just over uh, four hundred thousand in terms of the average. So typically you see Clovis, you know, we've seen it, the average list price as high as 568,000. So there's a little bit of a discrepancy there with the average sales versus a list price in, in most scenarios. But uh, Clovis had an up, uptick in the number of homes that went into escrow compared to Fresno where we saw a slowdown. So it's kind of interesting to look at the two little individual markets and cities. So yeah. that would bring up a question for me because uh, quite a difference there in the between the two cities. Mm -hmm. Does that mean the same home in once in Clovis is worth more than the same home in Fresno? Is it just area? Yeah, that's a good question. So I would say every neighborhood is super local, right? And even within Clovis, you have diversity in terms of pricing and, and value. And there's a lot to look at when you're coming up with values and looking at averages and school districts and amenities and services nearby and transportation corridors, th those kinds of things all impact value. So I don't know if you can say, you know, take Apple and Apple home in, in both cities and, and really compare. I think generally Clovis's numbers are higher um, because there's a lot less uh, in terms of transactions and size and all, all of those things that go into statistics. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and Clovis is a newer city too. Mm -hmm. So newness usually means there's a higher price. Yeah. Well, and they also have, you know, a, a lot of land. You still have a, a ton of sales that have acreage. And so that's definitely something that, as Brian had mentioned, with not as many sales and some of those higher end land sales or properties on acreage, it will throw that average a little higher. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, 
What's happened as far as home prices? We're hearing that the number of transactions is down. Mm -hmm. So, um, and the two of you own your real estate brokerages. I don't. So, um, <laughs> you're you're in the thick of it. Um, I, I just from from what I'm seeing, and, and Brian, you know, you hit on some really good numbers. Um, it is really stable. Everything's starting to stabilize, right? You know, uh, if if you go month over month, uh, you know, things have gone down. Uh, almost 2% when it comes to average sales price, including Fresno and Clovis, basically the greater Fresno real estate market. Um, and so when you start to think about, well, let's get a bigger sample size. And when we take a three month, you know, um, sample size from, from last year to this year, it actually went up nearly 2%. And so all things considered with, you know, inventory starting to creep up with pending starting to go down, uh, and sa sales going down as well. Uh, again, if you look at it from a bigger lens, things are starting to stabilize, which creates uh, different negotiating options for buyers and sellers. So not necessarily a, a bad thing. And um, you know, you brought up another great point, Brian, earlier when you know people ask, is now a good time to buy or sell? It always depends on your situation. All right, yeah. And you can't wait to just be a market timer. Cause, yeah, right. Because nobody rings a bell at the top or the bottom. Yeah, my good friend Don told me that, you know, a decade plus ago, and I, I, I believe that. Well, and a year earlier, I heard it from someone else, so I stole that good <laughs> line, but I, I should just claim it for myself. Ooh. After 10 years, maybe it does belong to me. That sounds like a good bumper sticker for you, Don. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I did come from that era of bumper stickers. Everybody used to have those, you know. <laughs> That's wild. All right. Um. How about um, home prices? Are, are we, if you were to go back in time, I, I mean, are we on a wild roller coaster ride where prices are going up, down, up, down? You know, it's there's definitely been fluctuations. So if you go back to June of 2022, that's when the rate, I th if my memory serves me correctly, that's when the rates first hit 7% in the you know recent times anyway. And that really did pump the brakes on the second half of June of 2022 really quickly. I mean, you learn very, very fast in real estate that the rates, especially if there's a dramatic, uh, dramatic swing in how much they go up or down, there's a direct impact almost immediately to what happens to the home prices and the people that are buying, right? So we saw that really kind of put a, a stick in the spokes when the rates hit that. And then I think everybody went to the sidelines and kind of waited and thought, well, you know, we've got a my neighbor got 5% or 4%. I'm not paying seven. I'll just wait it out. And here we are, you know, almost a year and a half later, uh, still waiting. So I think people are, the consumers are realizing that, well, maybe this rate environment's here to stay, at least for the immediate term. And the prices didn't jump off, uh, go down, you know, go off of a cliff like we anticipated. Did they fluctuate? Did they soften a little bit? Sure. Did they come back up though quickly? You know, this beginning of this year, we started to see recapture of that appreciation in the first quarter and, and have it be relatively strong. I mean, Brandon talked about single digit fluctuation. I think he said 2%. So yeah, it's uh, overall, I would say it's held better than even some of us in the industry thought it would. Yeah. What else do you buy that always goes up though? You know, if you buy a car, you buy a refrigerator. Mm -hmm. I mean, the value goes yeah. down. I guess a watch, but then again, I don't own, you know, too many watches that have gone up in value. You would uh, pick that, Brandon. You know I don't wear a watch. And that's probably a good thing, Don. And you're always on time, so go figure. You know, the, the, the man who doesn't need, um, you know, the, the maps on his phone, 
he's got the map in his head and he's got the watch in his I head. I know too. where the sun is. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I wanted to speak a little to the uh, the pricing, you know, and, and what where people, you know, because the question has been, you know, are we going to crash or price is going to come stumbling down? Um, the one variable that really helped us from from that happening or for preventing from that happening was the amount of equity that was built in that has been still built in to a lot of these homes. So this has allowed people to sit and think a little longer saying, hey, you know, I still have plenty of equity, even as prices are kind of almost just bobbing up and down on the surface so that I can see, is it now a good time to sell and, and buy that next house to serve, you know, to serve my you know, family need for another child coming in or for those empty nesters? So going back to the point, you know, of the best time to buy was 10 years ago. And I mean, or, or today, there's going to be equity at some point. And, and it just so happens that there's a lot more and people have leveraged that in the next purchase to buy down the rate or to put more down to, to get the mortgage or the, the mortgage amount a little more palatable so that they could say, hey, you know what? I was able to step up and even in a wild rate environment, still get into a home and not feel like our, our mortgages. So I think we have a lot of people that are not just watching the rate, but they're watching their mortgage and the equity is allowing them to do that. Okay, that's a good point. And, and something I heard someone really made a strong point this week, and that is that for a first time home buyer, now's a great time because mm -hmm. there is less competition out there. Right. It's true. I, I called an agent and expected there to be a couple offers on the property. I wanted to write it uh, up for a client, and she said, "Yeah, you're, you're, we don't have anything on the table right now." And I thought, "Wow, well, you know what? That's kind of music to your ears when you've been in a super competitive market for a buyer and call the buyer and go, hey, you know, we have an opportunity here at the only one uh, as the only ones negotiating to uh, to maybe get you a little bit more favorable terms." So I think that's a good thing. Well, and Brian, think back uh, just two or three years ago. How often was a buyer getting in a concession? Yeah, a transaction? They, were, yeah. they were the ones giving the concession yeah, to the seller, right. right? So a stat that I saw the other day was, you know, nearly 33% of sales have a concession and it's being given from the seller, you know, and, and could it be for a rate buy down at the, uh, you know, at the offer at the state of, you know, when the offer is going out, or maybe it's to do some repairs, but nonetheless, you know, it just creates a healthier environment for all those around and a buyer, again, back to that. Uh, equity, they don't feel like they're being held against their will because they know that they still are doing fairly well at the end of the sale to give the buyer a little bit to help maybe with repairs or the rate buy down. Boy, and this must be really hard to decipher all this for a buyer. And I think that's where an agent comes into the picture that can really help decipher all this information because it does change. Just a few months ago, it was the buyers making concessions. Now it's sellers making concessions a little bit more. So, boy, we're going to be talking about the value of the agent here in our next segment. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. If I could just come in, I swear I'll leave. Won't take nothing but a memory from the house that well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio, we have Brian Dominguez and Brandon Gonzalez. Uh, both are local real estate brokers, own their own companies, and um, ha really have your finger on the pulse uh, of local real estate. Um, so, big question, how do does a buyer best utilize their agent 
and how does that buyer get the most value out of their agent? Great question. So, you know, I think the first thing for a buyer to do is there's lots of options. There's lots of styles. Not all realtors are the same. Uh, I think it's asking some questions, you know, maybe ask friends and family for some recommendations, or if you see a, a particular name or sign in, in your neighborhood that you're looking <coughs> to buy in and the, that person potentially could be an expert, you know, reach out and ask some questions. Mm -hmm. uh, you have an opportunity to meet with a, an agent to do a buyer's consultation, which is simply just getting to know each other and kind of learning more about what the buyer is looking for, how the agent's going to help, uh, help them with their goals. How do you like to communicate? What's your price point? What's our game plan? You know, a lot of buyers are intimidated by even sitting down and talking to a realtor to because they think they're not ready when oftentimes they may be right you don't know the loan products or what your down payment is so uh, I think the value really stems from sitting with a real estate professional a realtor and uh, having a conversation about what you're what you're hoping to buy and and then help the realtor kind of pave the pathway on how to get there there's a lot of steps in that process which I'm sure we'll dive into but mm -hmm. yeah all right no, Brian covered I mean a lot of ground there and, and I would just add that you know um, as a buyer, interviewing an agent is critical. You know, they're they're getting somebody, they're employing somebody to help them, you know, accomplish something. And uh, you've heard the old saying, "Hey, it's the biggest investment someone can make." Uh, aside from that, you know, this is somebody that truthfully should be, you know, there for a very long time. You know, a resource beyond just a home sale. So, you know, to sit down with them, ask those questions. And, and more importantly, those agents should be asking questions to see, you know, if it's going to be a fit and, and that way they can, you know, definitely move forward in a, in a manner that serves the client at a high level. I, yeah, go, go ahead. No, no you I, go I, ahead. I, I was just going to say too, you know, thinking back to, to first time buyers or, or buyers in general, you know, don't be afraid of using a realtor that's, that's newer in the industry too. A lot of times I feel like there's kind of this myth that only experienced agents provide the best value. And that's really not true. I mean, we were all new at one point too. I think if you have a newer agent that you've introduced to that you drive with and that you really like, you know, the only thing that's important there is that they have a support system to plug into that they are able to get questions answered that they may have if they've never experienced that before. But a new agent with that's starting out and that's hungry may be your biggest advocate. They may be pounding on doors that an experienced, busy agent wouldn't have time for or driving neighborhoods or having conversations with people. I mean, that those, there's some real benefits in, in a newer agent too if, if they've got the support around them to get it done. So how should a buyer know that this is the agent that I wanna work with? Well, I think beyond having a feeling, you know, they've got to create some criteria as well. And, um, you know, there's a lot of great resources online, but it is worth researching. You know, where I was going to go with it is, you know, we'll research, we'll take the time for that vacation that's going to mean something. It's going to create an experience for our family. We'll research the restaurant we're going to eat at while we're on vacation, you know, but we won't spend but maybe 30 minutes at an open house to make a decision on who we're going to work with. So I think we need to be responsible, take some ownership, no pun intended, you know, when we're going through the home buying process to really say, hey, what is most important to me? You know, it could be personality, it could be drive, it could be availability, back to Brian's point, and then we gotta like hold ourselves to that, you know, as a home buyer, and, and I've been a home buyer, so I recall and I use my brother and I'd probably fire him today. Um, no, I love <laughs> him. Uh, but you know, it's just important that we, we start to say, hey, you know what, this is gonna be uh, a, beyond a courtship, this is a relationship that should last forever. And if that's the case, then let's make sure that we're really checking all the boxes before we dive into this. 
and I promise um, it could be a lot smoother. Not to say there won't be confrontation and, and you know, um, times that, that you're going to be questioning it, but if you have that relationship, you get to, I think you really get to the, uh, the bottom of it a lot quicker too. Okay. And, and I, I understand what Brian was saying about it. It can be a new agent. So in other yeah. words, don't be, don't be um, enamored with, uh, oh yeah, I sell a house every day. You know, somebody that just throws out numbers. Yeah. Because make sure it's good quality too. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. And that they will work with you. Now, um, earlier, uh, some one of you two guys brought up the fact that um, a buyer might feel like they're not ready, and that made me think that's where that's true value from a realtor. We can help someone find out are they ready, and I'm going to say I'm going to throw out a statistic that I just made up in my head, but four out of five incoming buyers, potential buyers probably think they're not ready and yet three out of those five are mm -hmm. yeah boy follow those uh metrics <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the stats i was giving you earlier on the market and no, i'm just kidding uh, i, I didn't was just make getting those back up. at you yeah yeah real, um no it's a good point i mean a, a realtor is going to have a team of professionals in place that help guide a buyer through the entire process and that starts with the lender and then you're, they're going to guide you uh, through the tr the transaction with with their partners because we don't do this alone but orchestrating we are kind of leaders in the way that we're leading a team of people around the buyer or the seller through the transaction to help you get across the finish line so I think uh, I think you've got to have conversations just like I remember when I started investing uh, in a retirement because as a realtor that was my that's my responsibility and, and thinking oh you know I don't have enough money to call a financial planner to to get a plan together and had I I wish I would have started that 10 years before I did because they give you the plan and yeah. the ways to save to make it more so that you know you have something at the end of your uh, career to to retire on so it's the same concept in my mind yeah and i would summarize the same you know it's just understanding you know that you've got the resource right or if it's you know someone um newer that you know you've got a team of resource resources and then the plan obviously there's got to be a plan there because you had mentioned you know or don you had asked you know what's important for a buyer to know or to look for from an agent is that there's a plan and then the last one is that they're going to take action and so you know based off of uh those three i really feel you know those are imperative and and uh as brian had mentioned you know that's what's going to get you to the the finish line and you know in terms of just if i could say quickly too i think you know the net worth of a homeowner i think is 200 plus thousand dollars on average right 250 thousand something like that where the the net worth of a, a renter is is less than ten thousand dollars and so my point with that is that sometimes being a buyer means that you are buying a house that you don't love it might not be your dream house it's just getting on the ladder of home ownership so you start building equity and then you can use that equity to refinance or rent it out or buy another home whatever the case may be but um you know the, the important part is just getting on the ladder of home ownership that's right so you can always buy that starter home it doesn't have to just be the dream home right away. Yeah, my first house was definitely not my dream home, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, um, and managing expectations, I would think is another thing that a, mm. a, a buyer's agent can help with. Because here's a question I get a lot, and let me ask if you two get it, yeah. where a buyer, you get started with a buyer and they go, um, Mr. Scordino, how long is this gonna take? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Now they don't all say Mr. Scordino. A lot <laughs> right. of them say, hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I think, uh, you know, as far as managing expectations, it's just, it's important that we're, you know, we as professionals are asking the right questions, you know, and so, um, and that's why a professional is trained to understand what questions are we asking of our, our you know, prospect, just like a doctor is asking questions of, you know, a patient so that we can figure out what are they in need of. And so I, I think that's critical. And then as, as soon as we know what their needs and, and wants are and their desires and dreams, you know, then we can start setting proper expectations when it comes to time frames, you know, and then again, going back to the plan, you know, how much are they going to need and then being realistic, right? And then, I mean, I mean there's trans, the transaction also presents a lot of, you know, challenges. And so having an agent there that can also prepare you for what to expect during the negotiations for, you know, in the event that an appraisal doesn't meet value, mm -hmm. in the event that, you know, the repairs are needed. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of different ways to go about that in terms of repairing, replacing, or giving a concession or a combination. Oh, man, you just loaded me up with a great question <laughs> that I, you know, I'd love to hear your answers. So why, what's the advantage of an agent negotiating on behalf of the buyer rather than the buyer negotiating on their own? Well, I mean, for one, we have the experience to negotiate the right things, right? So you're, the buyer, most people don't, if they're not a licensed realtor, they're not practicing real estate, they don't do this for a living. So they don't have the, the some of the negotiation skills related to um, either getting an offer accepted, making your offer more competitive. I mean, when we talk about negotiations, it's not just repairs with the seller. We, we're talking about negotiating all kinds of things, the best terms uh, for the acceptance. So I think, you know, there's a huge amount of value uh, related to uh, agent's ability to negotiate on your behalf. And and we can do it in an objective way that helps it uh, get done more effectively than if the buyer were doing that on their own. Hmm. All right. So, um, and I like that, that the agent, well, and there's that filter too. Because mm -hmm. so, sometimes a buyer might give away their position. Absolutely. They, yeah, yeah, they get that stack of cards at the at the table, at the poker table, right. and they get excited. Man, I got three aces. Mm -hmm. Well, and even with that, Don, you know, you bring up another good point. Let's say even a, a buyer and is negotiating direct with the seller, and uh, and it becomes cordial. You know, there there's a friendship that that comes about. Um, what can easily happen is they deviate from the specifics of what's going on, and that's why it's important to have somebody to navigate you to keep you on track, whether it's related to time frames, to you know the contract in hand, uh, and so I think it's important to have somebody there that that's also to say, hey, we, we got to get back on on the road, you know, because we're we're taking an off ramp, and that can lead down a road of destruction or problems or you know or different headaches. So I think sometimes start pe things start off with the the best of intentions and. And it's even, I think it's helpful that there is some sort of, you know, uh, friendship at the end if they want to share information. Uh, but during negotiations, it, it is important to help buffer that emotion and stress. Good All right, point. in 30 seconds or less for each of you. So for that buyer that thinks, well, the real estate agent, all they're gonna do is open the lockbox for me. What do you say to that? You know, I'd say that if that's the situation, then the realtor did a good job of hiding all of the things that we do behind the scenes, right? Because okay. there's so much that goes into um, a transaction. And um, my point would be that 
your realtor's worth their money. Uh, you're you're going to end up with a better product by having a professional on your side and manage some of the emotions that you, you, you know that we all go through as uh, home buyers and home sellers. So I, I would say that there's a lot of value. Ask your realtor their value proposition. Yeah. All right. Well, and I, I mean, not to, I mean, I could say ditto and, and be done with it because you hit it right on the head. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, our goal is to get you to your destination with the least amount of bumps, you know. And so let us be the shocks, the tires and, and, and the structure protecting, you know, you to get to the, the end destination. And uh, to his point, I mean, um, hopefully the goal is that you don't feel every bump in the road. Um, and, and that way we know we did our job. And when it comes to emotion, we can help filter that out. I remember a seller telling me, no way am I going to do that. And that wasn't the correct language that he used. (laughs) And this was in a request for repairs. And he was upset, emotional, and all that. And then he stops and he goes, "Um, you're going to be more professional than I am, right? Mm -hmm. You'll just pass this along? I said, I will. So I passed on to the other agent who went to their buyer the buyer said okay and it was never an issue right but it we helped filter the emotion out of it so with that we're going to our next commercial break stay tuned to welcome home radio 940 kyno well welcome back to welcome home radio this is don scordino your host and here in the studio, we have Brandon Gonzalez of Iron Key Real Estate here, and past president <laughs> of the Fresno Association of Realtors. We also have Brian Dominguez of Premier Valley Real Estate and the present pre- president, present president of the Fresno Association of Realtors. So you guys have been sharing your experiences with all of us. That's great. We were talking about the value that agents can give to a buyer. How about the seller? Why can't the seller just post it online and say, hit me with an offer? Yeah, well they can, right? Uh, but back to the, the original point we made in terms of you know having somebody there to advocate and protect your, your best interest while you're going through you know, a transition. It could be in life, it could just be you know that you have a full-time job, you're running a family, uh, this is what we do full-time. You know, there's professional negotiations that need to take place. There's marketing that, uh, you know, we, we go to training. Most, if not all of us, have, you know, formal training. In. And, uh, and then obviously back to the negotiations, you know, just so having an advocate there from start to finish, um, it just goes in with anything. We, we want to have a smooth experience with, you know, and, and minimize our, our liability and risk while having somebody there to to protect and you know be our advocate and our, our agent. And so many times, if a buyer and seller just did this on their own, they might think that price is all that they're negotiating. So they come to an agreeable price, but there's a lot more. There's time and terms. And I had a escrow officer tell me one time that she, she had these two friendly buyers and sellers come in, everybody's happy. By the time they left, they canceled <laughs> because it's like, well, and who's going to pay the county transfer tax? They are, and they both mm-hmm. said that. Who's going to do this? He is, she is. So mm-hmm. um, that's something that a realtor is trained to to um, make the complete transaction. 
all those little details are, are handled. Um, how about in preparing the house for, for market? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> thinking to what Brandon was just saying, I think the majority of sellers that I've helped in my career have one goal, right? And that's to sell their house for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. I think that's a pretty universal seller goal. And the most money part requires an agent to give you a plan and advise you on how to prepare your house for the market. And that's not just putting a sign in the ground. And we talked about the emotional piece earlier. If you're selling your house for sale by owner, you um, may not have the objective uh, opinion of how to get it ready. You may, in your opinion, you know, the, the pink wallpaper and uh, green tile may be what every buyer's, you know, favorite, favorite things are. And maybe they are I'm not saying that you have to change those things, but mm -hmm. I think the point is having a, a realtor come in and give you a plan to help you accomplish your goal of getting the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time means that they're going to recommend certain things potentially uh, in terms of maybe some pre-listing inspections. Maybe they're going to have you do some high rate of return improvements on landscaping uh, and not remodeling a, a whole kitchen. I mean, they can just help you make good decisions that are going to that are going to produce the most amount of interest from the most amount of people, which will help you. Well, and it's not always. I mean, to even further that because Brian's definitely brought up some great points to to the planning aspect of it there's times when we still may be six to 12 months out you know based off of what they want to accomplish or their end objective we may say hey you know the timing for what you're trying to do and what you're trying you know the amount of money you need um is not here and, and we need to maybe add you know something to the home or there might need to be you know some patience on the where they're in you know where the end goal is to you know move out of state so there's a lot of planning involved and, and you know, um, that's why, you know, sometimes on social media when you say just listed, just sold and, and they just see the, the pretty picture and, you know, the, the, the smiling family out front, uh, there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears, you know, uh, tied into that. And I say blood because sometimes you're cutting off the for sale sign and you might cut yourself. It's <laughs> happened to me. True story. Um, but in all seriousness, um, you know, it, it is important to understand that, um, you know, it's it's not we show up one day, we put a sign up, and then we see at the closing table, you know, th these things can go go on for years. So the, do the job doesn't start when the sign goes up. It started maybe months ahead of time. And at times years, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's some value to a seller right there. When that agent is willing to defer their gratification, they're willing to wait to be paid because they only get paid after it closes. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's gotta be value to that, to give advice of, I don't think putting it on the market today is best. Let's wait until the lawn's mowed. Let's wait until the uh, the paint is dry. Well, uh, from you know the standpoint of, you, you know, um, if if it's somebody that just bought a property and, and you know now they're they're they've only been there for two years, and it's like well you know we still you know your plan you when we first started this was to accomplish X and we still haven't got to that you know did you want to possibly rent it out for the next year and then you know um, you know uh, allow you to cash flow and create a rental opportunity and and see if you want to keep it and so back to the you know delayed gratification there's times when the best advice that I've given to a seller is you know what it might be in your best interest to keep this property and see if you can qualify without having to sell it and then they realize they do that now they have two assets that are collecting you know equity and they appreciate that okay yeah. that's excellent advice I think the other point too is a realtor can sit down with you and give you a clear picture of what your expectations should be right if you've got a job that you want to start in six months 
a realtor can work with you on when when should you put your house on the market and they can go well you know don in your neighborhood the homes sell in about two weeks they sell for about 98 percent of the list price and the ones that went the fastest were the most move-in ready without distractions of major home improvements or peeling paint or empty pools or whatever right so you can sit down with a game plan because they've researched your particular neighborhood because real estate's local which is why some of those third-party consumer sites aren't always accurate and um, kind of help prepare you for how long you should expect your house to be on the market, how many showings you'll get, what it looks like, how long you should be gone, how to prepare your home to have people come through. Maybe it's turning the lights on, opening the blinds, etc. All right. Excellent. Now, I have a question for both of you, um, and that would be, I'll start with you, Brandon. Okay. What do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show? I'd love for them to remember that uh, their real estate agent is not somebody there from start to close of escrow. They're there from start to basically the, the end of time. Literally, it's somebody that is a resource for life. You know, and and not to say you know it is a it is a you know a business decision, a business transaction. But beyond that, it is that person should be there as a resource. You need a you need a plumber. You need to you want to know what's going on in the community. We are a connector, right? We are we are somebody that should be able to connect them uh, to those resources. And that'll really come up this coming week as property tax bills go out. <laughs> so they're gonna right. they even though they've already bought the home, they're gonna be calling you saying, I Brandon, how do I make sense of out of all this? Yeah. All right, and you, Brian, um, what do you want listeners to remember most about today's discussion? You know, I would just say in general, don't let fear stop you from getting actively involved in real estate. If you want to be an investor and you want to buy a property, start having conversations with people about what it looks like to be able to do that. Don't let the economy or world wars or politics or interest rates or all of these external things that you can't control prevent you from getting in the game. And I got to tell you, all those external things, when my son bought his home two years ago and it felt like, you know, it was during COVID and all that, and I thought the world was turning upside down. I was happy that he got a place because even if it did go completely upside down, he had a place to go at night mm -hmm. and not my house. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, 30 seconds or less, best real estate advice. Best real estate advice, uh, give a real estate professional call, ask questions, interview, and, all then, right. and then go from there. Brian. You didn't give me enough time to think about it. Uh, best real estate <laughs> advice, my advice would be do it. Whatever that is, whatever you're thinking about, just take the jump. All right. Um, I want to thank Thanks, both of you for coming in today and helping out, even though I kept cutting Brandon short. <laughs> um, but I'll remember that. Yes, you will. Uh, thank you to all our listeners for tuning in every Saturday. And um, we'll be back again next Saturday on Welcome Home Radio. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Don.